imagine you're at Disney World, you're walking into the park, and you hear this guy. Haha! Hey there, Jason! <laughs> Welcome to the Magic Kingdom! Yeah, I would ask God every day when I would go to that cancer center, Lord, show me someone, you know, who needs who needs a touch from you, who needs some joy, who needs laughter. Good morning, Vietnam. Hey, this is uh, Jason Dennis on the Run the Race podcast. It's a little homage to one of, one of my favorite comedians, Robin Williams. Uh, uh, God rest his soul and uh, uh, definitely gone too soon. And uh, we are talking to a comedian on uh, this episode of the podcast, episode number, I think, one, uh, I'm sorry, 46. We'll get to 146 one of these days, right? Um, so uh, thank you so much for uh, listening, and uh, I'm going to tell you about my guest in uh, just a little bit. Uh, but uh, this month, since we have, uh, when this episode comes out, Thanksgiving will be about a week away. So I hope you and your family are safe, whether you're traveling or not, or uh, being with family in person or not. I hope you enjoy some good food and some rest and relaxation away from work. Uh, but uh, we're having a theme of thankful this month uh, for these podcasts. Again, we focus on fitness and faith on a weekly basis. But, um, you know, thankfulness is so important. And uh, our last uh, podcast episode, we talked to a uh, military veteran who's walking, uh, walked across the country, but now is walking across the southeast, heading towards the Georgia coast from Mississippi, all to raise awareness for uh, veterans' issues like uh, suicide and PTSD. So uh, last episode, the, the, the themes really be about thankful for our military, for endurance to, to run the race or whatever else you're doing, and for U- the USA, our nation. Well, this episode, we're focused on uh, being thankful for laughter, Uh, It's a great medicine. Thankful for God and for our health. Uh, because our uh, our guest this week is uh, Sam Beeman. He is a full-time entertainer, a comedian, a uh, host of uh, his own talk show, uh, a DJ. He does a lot of voices, so we're going to hear some of those voices coming up in just a few minutes. But I also wanted to give uh, some shout-outs. Because, uh, you know, obviously this, this, if you're listening to this now, you may be listening on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, maybe on Apple Podcasts, one of the most popular ones. And if you're on Apple, what I'd love for you to do, and I'll ask this for you, but if you can go uh, right now or after you listen to this episode, go to the, uh, the bottom of the Run the Race page on the Apple Podcast, and there's a place where you can uh, write a review or you can click on five-star review. But I'd love for you to write just a sentence or two if you like it, not, or whatever. I'd love for you to you know, um, give me some feedback, uh, what you like. We, we've had about uh, 20 or 30 reviews so far, some great five-star ratings. I really appreciate you listening. But I wanted to read a couple of these recently, give some shout-outs. Uh, Big Lee McBride, he wrote uh, just recently in the last month, he wrote a review that says this, completely addicted to this podcast. It is extremely positive, motivational. I also find it extremely informational. Great job, Jason Dennis. Couldn't be prouder of you. And another one, uh, this is from uh, Suzanne Cox, a pastor uh, that I uh, know well out in Alabama. She says, I love this podcast. Jason inspires us with a wide variety of guests. Faith and fitness is a great combination. Enjoy. And if you didn't know, I actually uh, had a chance to do be on the other side of the mic, uh, be interviewed on a podcast, one of my favorite ones, 
was an inspiration for me to kind of start this one. Uh, Diz Runs Radio by Denny Cray. I'm running across the world with him in a virtual challenge. But uh, that's episode 888, so episode 888. He's gone a little further than I have the last uh, uh, seven or eight years with his podcast. So go uh, look up Diz Runs, D-I-Z Runs, and it's episode 888, and you'll listen to to me uh, kind of uh, uh, on the hot seat talking about all things uh, fitness and faith and everything else. Uh, now to our interview for uh, this episode of Run the Race. Uh, it is a uh, Sam Beeman. Uh, like I told you, he's married and has uh, has five kids, uh, one little girl, and he's a stepfather of four. He's also a cancer survivor uh, who battled Hodgkin's disease lymphoma stage four uh, about five years ago. We talk about that uh, that that battle with cancer and how he uses laughter as medicine and helping other people and inspiring them as well. He's originally from Alabama. He lives in the Columbus, Georgia area now, and uh, he worked at an ad agency for uh, more than a decade, but now he's a full-time entertainer. He started off with auditioning for Wizard of Oz at a local Springer Opera House, and now he's been in 20, 30, 40 theatrical productions and uh, musicals and Shakespeare, everything else. And so now he's also a stand-up comedian, does uh, plenty of impressions, which we start off. You'll hear some of those great voices by Sam. I'd like to welcome uh, Sam Beeman to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you uh, for allowing me to be on the show. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> like I just wanted to start with a voice right <laughs> off, right? <laughs> so yeah, you you do a lot of impressions. Well, I also know that you go by the uh, the moniker. Some people may not know you as Sam. They may know you as DJ Smoothbee. Yeah, DJ Smoothbee. Okay, yeah, that's gotcha. right. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you, you dress up as I think you recently dressed up as uh, DJ Sparrow, Jack Sparrow. Oh, yes. That's right, mate. I dressed up as DJ Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp's been in the news a little bit lately, so I know. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, I'm glad you're here, and, and uh, we're going to talk about how um, laughter is great medicine and healing because we need that nowadays. We're going to talk about your uh, your many jobs and entertainment, <laughs> and and how uh, you know how faith has played a really big role in your life, and absolutely, and and, uh, and as you seek God's will, and and uh, doing things like clean comedy and all kinds of things. So, looking forward to talking to you about that. But uh, we we you started with some uh, impression. So, tell me about. I mean, uh, you know, I'm talking to Sam now. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> You're here in the flesh, uh, and back. In fact, you came in WTVM, and you said, uh, "I think my temperature is 97.6." <laughs> And, and I checked your temperature, and it was what? 97.6. See, there you go. You're, you're a prophet, you know? No. <laughs> um, so tell me about, I mean, do you get people to ask you to do impressions a lot? Uh, they know you're a comedian, and you have these talents to, to be able to kind of just uh, become somebody else pretty quickly? And usually when, when someone hears that I do comedy... You know, it's it's always that thing. Like Jerry Seinfeld has even talked about it where he's like, you know, when you tell somebody that you're a comedian, they always say the same thing. Do a joke. You know, do I come to your job and ask you, you know, are you a plumber? Oh, well, great. Why don't you do my plumbing? You know, like, it's like you think I'm going to do that for free? So, uh, but yeah, usually when, if people hear that I've done comedy, they, they first, they look at me like, you, you do comedy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what kind of comedy do you do you do? I was, well, I, I do voices. You know, it's like that Robin Williams line in Mrs. Doubtfire. I do voices, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Um, and so I tell them I do voices, and they're like, oh, you hear voices? No, I do. <laughs> I do several different types of impersonations, and, and then they always want to know, like, oh, what's your best one? You know, what, what do you like to do? And so then um, uh, I'll say, you know, close your eyes. <laughs> and, and so um, uh, they'll tell me their name. So Jason, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, have you ever been to Disney World? Sure. Okay, Disney World, great. Imagine you're at Disney World, you're walking into the park, and you hear this guy. Ha ha, hey there, Jason. <laughs> Welcome to the Magic Kingdom. Gosh, we're going to have a great time. You know, and so. That's Minnie Mouse, right? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mickey and Goofy, of course. Mickey and Goofy, yeah. And uh, so so I'll have fun with them and do a little uh, Mickey Mouse and Goofy because those are universal characters. You know, mostly everybody knows who they are and they've heard them at one time or another. Uh, it's when you start pulling out other different types of voices. You know, like if someone has never watched Star Wars and you tell them Yoda. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about there, man. <laughs> I know a Toyota, you know. <laughs> That's right from Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> the baby. Yeah. And, uh, so then uh, so then I'll do a, a Yoda voice, you know. Hmm. Jedi, are you not? <laughs> you know, and um, but again, if they don't know who it is, then it's right over their head. Yeah, that, that sounds like something from Star Wars. Yeah. I, I sometimes do the uh, impression of Chewbacca on a motorcycle. He goes, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, I um I did a video years ago to show you how to do the do Chewbacca's you know growl, and oh. that was one of the things. Is uh, basically it's just imagining you're imagining you're gargling, you know, without the water. So, you know, um, and so when you do that right there, you know, that's <laughs> you speak Wookie very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and one one other one that we can we talked about off camera off <laughs> mic was uh, you have people sometimes lean into your office or wherever you are and they say, "Hey, uh, uh, I need more cowbell." And of course, referencing a famous Saturday Night Live skit with uh, the actor Christopher Walken. Yes. So you you uh, I mean that's an actor that a lot of us you know and know well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, when I. I worked in an office building, and there was a guy that used to come by all the time, and he would, you know, say, I need more cowbell. And I'm like, well, you know, you need more cowbell, you know. <laughs> and he would get a kick out of that. Yeah. Any, any, now, we just had a presidential election, so you you do any presidents at all? Because that's always kind of a uh, um, uh, something that people enjoy hearing and, and yes. uh, sometimes easy or hard to do. You know, um, and I started thinking about this a few years ago. Uh, like if you were to ask some of the presidents, you know, from the past and present, like, you know, what do you think about the economy? You know, like if you were to ask Bill Clinton if he thought the economy was bad, he'd say, the economy is actually doing pretty good. What is the meaning of the word bad? <laughs> you know. And if you can see, you know, you can bite your lip. Yeah, you know? bite your <laughs> lip, yeah. And if you were to ask uh, President Obama if he thought the economy was bad, he'd say, oh, let me be clear. Uh, the economy is actually not doing bad at all, thanks to me and Michelle. She loves to shop. You know, though there would be Obama, uh, if you were to ask George W. Bush, mm-hmm. you know, if he thought the economy was uh, was bad, he'd say, <laughs> the economy <laughs> is not doing bad at all. <laughs> we're just in a transmission period, you know. Just <laughs> yeah, and, the, the, yeah that, that's great. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm sure you get you you get asked, I guess you don't mind doing impressions because that's kind of part of your, 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 your talent, your God-given gift, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like that, um, you know, for you and your life, you know, you've had a lot of transitions, kind of ups and downs, obviously, like a, a lot 
lot of us, especially nowadays. But do you feel like laughter, you know, for you and maybe for maybe for all of us, is great medicine and healing uh, when we're going through these really rough patches? You know, the, the pandemic and the civil unrest we're seeing in, the, in this kind of political climate we're we're, we're in right now. Absolutely. Yeah, we need laughter. You know, laughter is a good medicine. And uh, I, I don't know if you wanted to, to talk about, you know, when I was sick a few years ago just yet. Um, but there, I'll just say there was a time where I was at my lowest. And, and I, as a comedian, like I knew the power of laughter, but I wanted to do my own homework while I was at this place. Um, where I was bedridden. And, and so I just started doing my homework. Like, what is what is the deal with laughter? And I saw that, um, like, a good belly laugh can relax your body up to 45 minutes. Hmm. Like, how cool is that? Like, a good belly laugh can relax your body. <laughs> so, you know, you don't need to take a drag off a cigarette. <laughs> you can have a good laugh, you know. And, uh, and it also boosts your immune system. That was the other thing that really surprised me. And so... When I learned that, man, I tried to watch as much comedy as I could. Like while I was sick, I tried to watch things that made me laugh. I'm definitely going to want to talk to you about uh, being a cancer survivor okay. and um, and going through that several years ago and still going through things. Um, but I, I do want to uh, kind of go through a quick fast forward with you, getting to know okay. Sam Beeman a little bit, um, since we've gotten to know already <laughs> right. the presidents and Yoda and Christopher Walken. Um, so first of all, uh, tell me about what is your uh, current, and this may be a, a shorter long list, job description at work and oh, at home. You know, I, I have... Uh... <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm trying to think of this. All right, so uh, the short of it is I'm an entertainer. All right, so I'm I'm an actor, comedian, DJ, talk show host, and uh, I'm also a visual artist, so a graphics designer, and I do video editing. Um, what that looks like is basically I have to be a writer. You know, I have to be a writer in a lot of those areas. You know, especially like putting together a talk show. Yeah. You know, I have you have to write that outline out. You know. I have to write out skits when I go to shoot them, shoot and edit. Um, so writing is a big part of it, even with comedy. You're writing your own script. The only difference between comedy and acting, like one of the main differences, not the only, <laughs> but the main difference is someone else gives you the script. You yeah. know, with comedy, you're writing your own script, and then you have to play out that timing. Um, I have four stepchildren and one little girl, so we have five in the house, four girls, one boy. And some of the things that I might say that I think would be humorous and funny just, you know, fall flat. And then I get a look. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> never mind. Hashtag a dad joke. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, uh, I just have to walk out of the room. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, my three-year-old daughter, she, like, I love, you know, entertaining her. Um, so we have a lot of fun together. Gotcha. And we talk about fitness on this podcast. So what do you, you know, uh, you, you, you're a, seem like a fit guy and, and, uh, skinny. And so tell me about uh, what, 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 what do you, what do you, what thank you. This shirt, <laughs> this polka dot shirt really hides a lot. I appreciate that. What do you, uh, do you do anything in particular, like physical fitness wise, or, or do you have, you know, kind of goals in mind for that? Yeah. Uh, well, I can, I can say this. I'm not as fit as what I used to be pre-cancer. Um, before, like I had a max weight that I got to, you know, 185, like that was as high as I, I went. Um, but I was very active at that time because I was in 
plays at the Springer Opera House. So I was, uh, I happened to be cast in a lot of musicals, and that was burning, you know. Yeah. Uh, burning a lot uh, just being in the musicals. Yeah, because, 20 different theatrical productions, Yes, right? yes, yeah. over, over 20 different productions over the years. But now, like, life on the other side of cancer was very difficult for me um, because I had to learn how to walk all over again. And then that first year was, was so painful. Uh, the neuropathy in my feet, you know, that made it pretty difficult as well. Um, so I would say that I finally got out on the trail, walking trail, and, you know, made it an effort to try to, to try to walk a great distance. Like for me to walk a great distance. I mean, when I was on my walker, uh, we're talking about like 40 or 50 feet felt like a football field, you know, like it was horrible, you know, because, and anybody listening who is on a walker currently, you know what I'm talking about out there. Um, because it, it can seem, seem very daunting when you're looking at that hallway and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get down there. Um, so, so getting past the walker and actually hitting the trail, um, we have a section where we live of the uh, walking trail, you know, through Columbus, where it's like two and a half miles, you know, to the end, like from the starting point of where we would jump on. And so I would go a mile out and a mile back. Well, one day I just thought, I'm going to go the whole thing. And so... I ended up um, getting on a bike, and I rode out to the end and rode back. So five miles, I was like, "Wow, you know, that's yeah, that was a huge milestone." So for me, on average, I, I would try to walk like two to three days a week, um, you know, to to do at least two miles a day, you know, just in that. But a lot of times, I would end up going further, or I would, you know, go on the bike. So I would kind of alternate. Um, and then uh, here lately, I've been trying to get back to doing push-ups and sit-ups again. You know, to try to uh, to try to firm up a uh, the midsection. How do you say the uh, the uh, used to have the abs? You know, we're going to pump you up. Pump you up. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, uh, you know, I know uh, you know being a Christian is a big part of your life. So, any uh, certain like a spiritual or faith motto or something that you live by um, in in your walk of faith? Love God, love people. Uh, I used to have that on my, I think it was my MySpace profile. and may still have it on Facebook. I don't know. Uh, or I may have changed it to I Do Voices. <laughs> but, but yeah, love God, love people. Um, because I feel like, and, and I've really been thinking about this even more, you know, the more that we fall in love with God, you know, uh, where it uh, talks about, you know, draw near to God and he would draw near to you. So the more that we fall in love with the creator of the universe and we start to see things through his eyes, then we can love people who are unlovable, you know, like, I mean, they're just think about anybody who's ever done you wrong, you know, where you think, Oh, they cut me off. Ah, I'm going to get them, you know? Um, but you know, if you, if you look at it from a different lens and see like, Hey, they may be going through something today. They may be going something this month. They may be going through something this year. You never know what someone is going through. So the best thing to do, uh, and it's not always easy is just to love people where they're at. And one of the hardest places to do that can always be in the home, always, because or family in general, not just the, you know the home, but family or some of your closest friends. Because if if you've been done wrong, if you felt like you've been done wrong, or you've been rejected in any way, then it's like oh my goodness, it's just like you you might want to shut down. And it's like ah, forget it. I'm just not going to say anything to that person. But if we if we love God and God tells us, you know to love them, to forgive, you know, to act with mercy and grace and compassion, then it's going to change up the whole, the whole ball game. 
you know, so you're going to give love where you, you won't feel like it, you know. And the last of the fast four okay. is what is something uh, unique about Sam Beeman? And this is from with help from your wife. Yes. In fact, I had to, I had to pull out my cell phone here uh, just so I made <laughs> sure that I quoted her. Um, but the, the thing, and it surprised me, she said, your attitude of positivity coming into every situation. So that um, that surprised me because I thought she might might have said something like you're DJing, you know, or your your voices, you know, or something like that. But she she pulled out a personality trait, you know, that I'm able to to see the positive, you know, through like coming into every situation. Which let me tell you, 2020 has been has been hard to. <laughs> that, that's been a tough one to stay positive for, yeah. Yeah, it, it has been because I've noticed like even like, there were a few places, you know, spots in the year where I I wasn't leaning into that. And when I realized that, I was like, wait a minute, I need to I need to be uh, in prayer and be centered up, you know, with God, because, you know, I can tell when I'm not spending enough time with the Lord, you know, through prayer or through his word, like all of a sudden, you know, I can get on to myself like all of us can. You know, all of a sudden it's it's about me and it's not about him. And when that happens, that's when I get things flipped upside down. Yeah. And, and you know, it seems like, um, you know, as 2020 just keeps going and going, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm starting to hear Christmas music. You know, yeah. uh, we need a little Christmas right we this do. very minute. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And and as this podcast comes out, we're, uh, we'll be about five weeks away from Christmas. Hard to believe. And right on the eve of Thanksgiving. And I know that around this time of year, and I think I saw you post a picture of this in the last few I weeks, had a feeling this was coming. You, uh, <laughs> you're a mean one, uh, Mr. Yes, Grinch. So, that's right. So do you, you dress, I mean, you dress up, I mean, the full thing. You're not just wearing a mask. Well, we're, we're all wearing masks nowadays. But <laughs> you're wearing the full get up. Is this something you do every year? Do you, you show up at parties? You show up randomly in downtown? <laughs> Or do you, um, you know, kind of at Christmas tree farms? What, 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 do, you, yeah. what, what do you do as the Grinch? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Grinch comes out this time of year. Uh, yeah, so really people are able to uh, to book the Grinch, you know. Uh, so it could be, I mean, I've been at private parties, uh, at schools. I love going to, to elementary schools, you know, to um, read to the children. That, that's usually what happens is, they may may want me to come in and read the story of the Grinch and uh, and then maybe do some sing along, you know, just like hey, we're gonna sing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, and if the Grinch forgets a lyric, it's okay because it's the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> You're not reading like Cat in the Hat, another. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I did have that happen one time for Seuss Week, uh, and and it was funny because the school actually had somebody dressed up as Cat in the Hat who came out there with me and like the the Grinch and the cat were entertaining these kids. I was, I didn't know who this person was, but, uh, but it was fun. I mean, we had a great time and, um, and we went around the whole school, but yeah. So, uh, corporate parties, you know, restaurants, um, the hospital, that's one of the places that the Grinch ends up going, uh, each year is uh, John B. Amos cancer center, uh, to try to spread some, holiday cheer to uh to people you know that are they're fighting for their life you know at that point um and i tell you one of the most memorable uh there's so many but um there was i want to say it was last christmas there was a family i i came up to and i said how are you all doing today and so the mother came over to me and she was just 
she was just crying. She said, my son just found out that uh, he doesn't have long to live. And uh, and I looked over at him, and he was a big guy. You know, he was like, he was real tall, and but he was sitting down. You could still tell, like he was he was a, a large man, a young man. And um, and so I sat down next to him, and I said, "Do you mind if I pray with you, Sean?" And so uh, he said yes. And so the Grinch had the opportunity, you know, just to pray with him, and to give him a little hope and a little joy and encouragement, and. Uh, I was trying everything I could not to cry that day. I mean, yeah. honestly, because I know what it feels like to be in that position. I've heard, um, you know, those words from the doctor saying he may not make it through the night. I know what that feels like. And so I was just glad that I happened to be there at that particular moment. And the Grinch's heart seemed probably grew that it uh, did. that day. It did. It grew. Grinch! <laughs> you may have to check the audio on that one, Jason. <laughs> so, and speaking of that, obviously, you know, take us back. Um, I guess this was five years ago, 2015, or maybe even earlier, when you were uh, fighting uh, cancer yourself. Uh, was this just something that hit you out of the blue? And, and how did you handle it, uh, both physically and mentally, spiritually as well? It was something that actually, um, it took place over the course of three years, but I didn't know it. Um, I was in a show at the Springer Opera House, and we had a morning show. I looked in the mirror that morning as I was getting ready, and I noticed there was this huge lump like at the base of my neck on the left side. And... Um, when I got to the theater, I asked Paul Pierce, I said, does this look normal? He said, oh, Sam, you got to go to the doctor right away. You know, as soon as we get done with this performance, you need to rush over there. And um, and it, it was hot to touch. Mm. Uh, when I would turn my head, it was like it pulled all of the the veins and muscles and everything in my neck. And it was just, it was like uh, 1989 Tim Burton Batman. You know, it's like when he go to, like every time he go look, he had to move his whole upper torso. <laughs> the cape moving yeah. with him. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it was like. And so, um, anyways, I I had an MRI, I had um, a needle biopsy. Uh, basically, the the short version of that was everything that they had done showed that there was no cancer over the course of three years. Meanwhile, my health kept declining, and I was in so much pain. And I broke out in this awful rash, like all over my body. Like every time I would, every time I would have a, like a sugary beverage, you know, like a soda or something, all of a sudden I would start scratching and like clawing my arms apart. Wow. And my wife, she and I were dating at the time. And she was like, you know, you, you've got to go see somebody again. Uh, this is not normal. I didn't know what was happening. I was having night sweats. I mean, it was just, it was it was awful, and but everything kept coming up like, oh, you're okay. We'll give you some antibiotics and steroids. So, um, six months before I got before I got married, I, um, I started having trouble with sciatic nerve, uh, my sciatic nerve on one side, and so down my left leg, it was excruciating, and I I couldn't stop it. So I was using icy hot and all these different things, you know, to try and suppress it. I even uh, the thing where they put the needles in your back was that um yeah um yeah acupuncture <laughs> acupuncture yes. yeah I even did that and and uh, tricked myself into believing that I was healed <laughs> like after I like in my mind like oh I feel so much better you know but then like the next day I was like oh my goodness my back it's like what a placebo is... sort yeah, of yeah it was it was crazy so um as I got 
closer to the wedding day, um, I noticed, well, I was losing more and more weight, basically. I couldn't hardly eat. I would only eat like half of a meal and I'd have to push the plate away. Like and this I, is not a weight loss plan you would this recommend. This was not, no. It's, even though I did joke about it at the cancer center, they were like, well, you know, you, <laughs> you lost so much weight. I'm like, yeah, go on this that cancer called- diet, you know. <laughs> and they're like, you're horrible. I said, I'm the one with cancer, you know. <laughs> I can say yeah, it. I can say it. <laughs> no, I don't want you to go on this diet, but this is what I did. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I lost 45 pounds. Wow. Yeah, it was... Um, it was bad. I, I I wore like a size medium, you know, that's like in t-shirts, and so all of a sudden I'm wearing a small, you know, and then uh, I dropped a few waist sizes, you know, like it just kept going. It was like from 34 like down to 29. I was like, man, this was like being back in high school, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, I'm losing all kind of weight. <laughs> uh, so then I uh, got married, and then the very next month, um, my wife she kept saying like, you got to go to the doctor. I'm like, I don't want to go. I was doing that guy thing like. Ah, I'm fine. I don't need they, to go to the doctor. They keep telling me that I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm. I'm. What do I need to? What do I need to go to the doctor for? And um, so I ended up going. They did a blood test, and they found out that basically they didn't know how I was walking around because my hemoglobin was like six something, and uh, a normal person needed to be at least eight. And they said we have no idea how you're walking around. You need to get to the hospital. Uh, you're in critical condition. Like you, you basically need a couple, at least two pints of blood. And so I did that, rushed to the hospital, and they thought it was two, but it ended up being three pints of blood. And uh, they started checking, you know, checking uh, my uh, lungs and heart and kidney. I mean, they had, they were all over me, like checking everything, and um, and it was all shutting down. And that's where they thought, like, okay, he's not going to make it. So then they brought in a doctor to do a bone marrow biopsy. He found out that it was Hodgkin's disease lymphoma, stage 4. And uh, they started the chemo uh, immediately while I was in the hospital. And I was in the hospital for almost a month. Hmm. Uh, And then from that moment on, I started my journey uh, battling cancer. Like I said, uh, you know, learning how to walk all over again. I was on a walker for, I guess it was about four months, and uh, bedridden. Uh, We had a hospital bed in, in my room, so... I just got married, right? And uh, here, here I am, in the same room with my wife, and she's in our bed, and I'm in the hospital bed. So every night she'd be like, "Good night, roommate." <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, I mean, truly in sickness and in health. Yes. Oh, we, yeah, we <clears throat> got all of that in the the first you know year. And I told her, I said, I said, look, we've we've been through the sickness. Uh, we've been through the poor. Anything above that, we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and now it's it's 2020. Um, how how are you doing now? I mean, do you feel like I mean, are you cancer free? Are you have things that kind of come back uh, in your in your body? Yeah. Uh, well, I went into remission before I actually finished the chemo treatments, and I even asked my doctor. I said, uh, "Can we please stop?" He said, "Oh no no no! You have to keep going. Uh, it is protocol." So. You know, <laughs> I was like, because oh, chemo man. is such a pleasant thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, being nauseous all the time and uh, fatigue and in pain. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but you're feeling much better now. Yeah, uh, I'm. Oh. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. I mean, the one of the greatest reminders of my cancer journey, and for anybody who is battling cancer right now or has, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but nerve damage, either in your hands or your feet. They call it neuropathy, and I definitely have it in my feet. Some days are worse than others. A lot of times it depends on what the flooring is like. 
uh, concrete flooring is of the devil. <laughs> it's uh, something that you would never, you would never think of. You know, uh, like Walmart or Target or some of the. Sorry, I'm just giving, <laughs> I'm giving people <laughs> plugs here, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, put carpet down yeah if you happen to be in a department store where you can buy everything how about that um a lot of those those floors are um whatever's in the flooring it really hurts within five like within five minutes i'm just like okay i gotta get out of here i i can't do it you know um so i try to uh try to keep tennis shoes that have memory foam you know in them and uh that offsets it a little bit I was taking some medication for it, but I did not like the way uh, I was reacting to that. You know, like I was saying earlier, like I really, you know, try my best to uh, to be positive or um, um, just to be a better approach. And I, I was like a monster. I mean, it was just like the smallest thing would set me off. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I, I can't do this. So I had to put um, I had to put it away. I'm like, I'm just going to have to deal with the pain. Uh, also, uh, something you've been dealing with in the midst of all this was uh, back in 2012, you were telling me about um, off mic about how obviously we had a recession that affects affected a lot of us. And now we've got this pandemic that's uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs, but you lost your job you know, eight years ago. And since then, you've kind of become a more of a full time entertainer, right? This is obviously a passion, a gift you have, but. Uh, kind of uh, life forced your hand. I mean, what's that been like? I mean, entertaining obviously is is fun, but I mean, you gotta make money too, right? Yeah, you you definitely have to <laughs> you have to make money, um, <laughs> and uh, it's it is it's a lot of fun. You know, I remember when I was when I was doing uh, a full time uh, desk job, which I I had a great time. I was a you know art director at an ad agency. And I love doing that, but at the same time, um, I was juggling all of this other stuff when I got off of work, you know. And so I was thinking about it while I was at work, and then as soon as I would get off, I would work um, on all these different projects, whether it was acting, comedy, DJing, you know, hosting a TV show. I was producing the TV show for my house at the time, and uh, and I would work up till like one, two o'clock in the morning, you know, and then. And these are some of the things that I feel like, and I don't want anybody to think, oh, that's what I do, or that's what I want to do. No. <laughs> do not. Um, if, I were to, if I were to encourage anyone, uh, you know, don't follow my patterns at all, especially where I was, because I feel like that was one of the things that led me down the road to cancer, because uh, our body is always fighting cancers, always. And... So if we're not careful, you know, with what we with what we eat and drink and you know, exercise and all of that, then uh, at any given point, you know, the cancer can take over at whatever part of your body. And for me, it just happened to be my lymph nodes, and I was burning the candle at every end, you know, possible. It was like dissect the candle and just burn it in there too, you know. I mean, it was. <laughs> crazy um and people would ask me like how do you have so much energy you know i'm like well thanks to mountain you know <laughs> thanks to us to a sugary beverage i was about to give another plug <laughs> but sponsored by mountain yes, dew sponsor, yeah. <laughs> oh man and uh and back in those days i had i mean you know especially as a single guy i mean i had it was like every every soda that was out there was on my countertop you know 
accessible. And then sweet tea in the fridge, you know, <laughs> and, and then chocolate milk. You know, it was just like everything that was sugar, like I had it at my fingertips. And I didn't hardly drink water. That was another big thing, unless I felt guilty. I mean, like I would go so long, I'm like, man, I got a drink of water. You know, <laughs> let me go get a 24-pack of Deer Park. You know, there's another one. Drink water every night. And out of all the many jobs you've had in entertainment, you, you were listing some of those. Anything for you maybe is your favorite thing to do, whether it be, you know, it could be stand-up comedy or DJing or uh, impressions or um, just acting, you know, all kinds of voices. I know you do a lot of that stuff too. I do. You know, there are a couple of places – well – a few places that I just feel at home. You know, if you've ever, uh, I, I'm not asking you, Jason, because you know where you feel at home. <laughs> at home. At home. <laughs> but uh, for the listener, you know, if you've ever had that that job or that, you know, thing that you just love and you feel like, man, this is me. This is what I'm made for. Anytime I step on a stage, anytime I step in front of a camera or behind a mic, I I feel at home. You know, so doing doing voices, um, you know, acting, whether it be like I said at the Springer Opera House, or if it be uh, in a in a studio out in Oklahoma, you know, like it it doesn't matter where I'm at. I feel at home, and I love doing that. Like that's a passion of mine. And uh, when it comes to acting, you know, to do different voices, to bring a character to life, if that moves somebody in some way. Uh, and they feel like that they've had a special connection with that character or they've been moved emotionally, then I've done my job, you know, and that's what I I hope to be able to entertain and bring joy into somebody's life, you know, through what I do. And even with the talk show, with Light Talk, um, that I know that's one of the things we haven't talked about, but that TV show um, that I would host and produce is something where I get to really put all of all of those different um, things that I do, you know, stand-up comedy. I'll I'll take clips from shows that I've been in. I'll plug that in, you know, to the show. I'll even put a DJ Smooth B, you know, promo in there. You You're kind of like Johnny Carson and and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, kind of wrapped up into one, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I'm glad you brought up Johnny because Johnny, as far as a talk show host, like he was one of my um, my inspirations for the talk show because Johnny. He wasn't necessarily the best actor, but he participated in skits. And that was one of the things that I loved was that, you know, he, he had no problem, you know, poking fun at himself and, and bringing guests on. And then he would dress up in costumes and makeup and just do all kind of wild, crazy skits. And then he would host all these, you know, amazing people on a show that, like, I love that. And he had stand-up comedy on there. So that really was um, – you know, an inspiration for me. He seemed to not take himself too too seriously. Self-deprecating humor yeah. was great. And, and uh, I know that during this pandemic, uh, months ago, um, you know, people think of DJs, they think of unch, 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 you know, the, the lights and the music and all that. Which I do that too. Right, yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is great. You know, that's uh, a lot of fun. You, during the pandemic, you set up shop kind of outside because obviously we're, this was early on in the pandemic where, you know, it was really serious social distancing. We didn't know what was going on or what was, you know, uh, what we were supposed to do. And you kind of set up shop outside of a, uh, I think, a senior living center yes. for some of the elderly people there that, that weren't allowed to have their their loved ones come visit. So what was that like? And did you just do that um, because it, you wanted to be a blessing for them? Or Yeah. Um, well, 
I was actually scheduled to go out there to DJ. Yeah. And we had um, had a dance, and then all of a sudden everything was shut down. And and uh, they called me and they said, you know, we're sorry, we can't bring you out. And um, so a little time went by, and I just I thought, what if I just went over there and just played some music outside, you know? Um, and so I called I called up Nona, and I said, uh, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And she said, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. And um, so then that's when I I came out there, and I I remember the. Uh, the news came out to do a story on it as well, um, because I had had these speakers set up on the outside that were basically facing. I had uh, I was facing towards the dining area for people that were sitting inside, but then there were all of these residents that came out to their balconies. That was amazing, and so what ended up happening was they had such a good response from that that later in the summer. They they reached out to me again because nobody was able to go out there for a long time. Yeah, they reached out to me again and they said, "Look, we want you to come back. Uh, our residents miss you, and uh, they love you because I have so much fun with them. I mean, I do want to be a blessing to them because um, I I try to take them on a journey, you know, <laughs> by playing Journey, but I, <laughs> but I really try to take them on a journey <laughs> with uh, going around going around the U.S." You know, I'll uh, kind of give it the days of old, you know, radio. Um, you know, all right, guys, today we're going to have a little fun. We're going to start off in Chicago. Then we're going to hit Route 66 on our way out, you know, and then... Sunday, Monday, yeah, happy days. And then <laughs> I will, I'll play a song, you know, along that route. You know, I'll play a song from a different part of the country. And, you know, let's hop on over to Virginia where, you know, and then I'll throw a song in. Or let's go out to the West Coast where... Uh, a group of guys got together and formed the Beach Boys, and, and this is an audience that probably likes uh, cheesy jokes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, they're and all that's, they're all about it. And that's what. Well, okay. So here's the thing: <laughs> I I got hired to go out there and do some stand-up comedy, and it didn't go that well. <laughs> and crickets. Yeah, and even <laughs> even when I was booked, I said uh, I said you you do know that a lot of my material probably would not resonate with the target audience here and they said no it should be fun (laughs) okay so i'm doing all these impressions and and it's just like they're they're looking at me you know like oh poor guy you know (laughs) and but there were a number of them that couldn't hear me either and that was i was a little sad about that because what he say what is he saying you know well i I know i've seen you do um in the past uh clean comedy shows as as they were uh uh, labeled or branded um you know you hear so much about you know people some people love like the uh, the crude comedians that use a lot of language obviously you're not that um so um but a lot of people you know are looking for christian comedians we think of people like michael jr um, and uh, um, Ken Davis from like you know decades ago. Love Ken. And Love Michael. So uh, and and so is that something that you are proud of that you kind of have that you know label as a Christian or a clean comedian? Absolutely. I got into I got into comedy back in 2007. Um, and it was actually after I saw somebody here in the community who who went to a comedy conference and I met up with him. He told me all about it, and I thought, I've got to go to this. So in 2007, I went to my first Christian comedy conference down in Orlando, Florida, and I was hooked. 
And so from that moment on, I became a part of this family. You know, it, the family keeps growing, but it really is like a family reunion because, like, every time we would have a conference, we'd get together. You know, you're seeing all your 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 friends who are from all over the country. And um, and a lot of these guys, you know, like when somebody tells me, like, oh, man, I love Tim Hawkins. I'm like, yeah, Tim, he's a, he's a great friend. They're like, friend? I'm like, yeah. He's, I mean, he came to my – they did a fundraiser for me. Um, called Stand Up for Sam, and um, and Tim came to be a part of that. Uh, even Claiborne Cox from Auburn, Alabama, Clay and I would do a number of comedy shows together. I was so moved with like all of my friends coming out to do a show to help raise money for my family while I was battling cancer. Um, and so I love I love doing clean comedy shows, and um, you know it's actually harder to do clean material. Yeah, because it's easy to go. You know, with uh, with the innuendos and all that other stuff, it is. It's easy to go dirty and just throw in a curse word as kind of a crutch. You yeah, know, absolutely. To, to get a kind of a, a, a uproar, you know. Yeah, and uh, when I was I was um, training at an improv theater up in Atlanta, and I remember I had a scene with a guy who uh, we had to do this scene where basically you'd say a word, and it was just really just a game, um, but the last word spoken you had to start with. And so he threw out a cuss word, and I just went, you know, I said a different word that wasn't, you know, it wasn't explicit. And he was like, he just kept going, but he was directing it to me. He was like, oh, you're one of those guys. Like, (laughs) oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to quit this class. And I went to my teacher, and she said, no. She said, you stay true to who you are. She said, actually, it's going to be funnier by the time that you get to the stage, like for our graduation show, she said, because the audience is probably going to think that you're going to go blue, you're going to go dirty, and you're going to switch it on them and say something like spaghetti or octopus or something like that, and they're going to be like, oh, my goodness. Like they won't see that coming because they've been conditioned so much to think like, oh, here comes the F word, you know, here comes something filthy, and then it's not there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one last question for you. And speaking of that, being clean and uh, what would you say to people? Because I, I know that, that for you, um, it's, you know, um, your, your Christian faith has um, played a role. But you, know, you talk about using God's gifts. And so what would you say to folks out there that maybe they're in a job that they just don't like and that they're maybe they don't feel like that that's their gifting or whatever? What would you say to folks about, you know, finding the gift that, it's, that God's given you, the talents, and using those for good in this world? <laughs> well... Because uh, that seems to be what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking um, when you said using it for good. Back when I was a teenager, I found out – well, actually, I was younger than a teen. I was preteen, and I found out I could do voices, and I would impersonate people. And usually I would copy people. Like if I spent enough time with them, I would just start imitating them. Your teachers? Yeah, teachers. <laughs> I mean it was crazy, uh, but I noticed that I was doing it with cartoons and movies and – and I, I wanted to to be to do these voices, so then I started prank phone phone calling people. You know that was a big thing when you're a teen. It's like, hey, let's call people. This was before, you know, caller ID and all that. So you could call people. They had no idea who you were, and uh, and so I would do voices. Um, so I finally had to basically use what I what I did for good, which was hard um, <laughs> because really once once guy got a hold of my heart, I realized, man. I have I've really made a lot of people mad over the years, you know, using my gift for evil. You know, like I really was I was not using it well. 
And, uh, and so I wanted to put that to good use. And so I, I you know, um, got into theater and I had no experience coming out of high school. And I always wanted to do, you know, I always wanted to be in theater, but people told me I wouldn't be any good. So I never tried. Uh, so there may be somebody listening who may have this gift. They may have this unusual thing that they do or this love or this passion for something. And they're like, it, maybe they've been told like, oh, you can never be any good, you know, at that. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't try, you know. And so for me, I wanted I wanted to try. I was tired of listening to everybody else saying that I wouldn't be any good at something. Like, of course I wasn't going to be any good at it if I never tried. Yeah. And so I finally got out there and uh, and I had the full-time job. You know, I was I was doing design work, but I wanted to do I wanted to try my hand at acting, and so I went and auditioned, and man, I I was hooked. I was like, I love this, and then I wanted to keep going, and and basically I realized, man, I want to do this over my desk job, like what I do for a living. Like, I really want to do this, and um, and still, even as an adult, I had people tell me like, you got to be really good to be able to do that. Like you, you just need to stay in design, and uh, you need to stay at your desk job. So uh, for anybody out there listening, you know, maybe you are at that desk job or maybe you're at that that job, you know, as a cashier or maybe you're driving a truck or whatever. You can still use those gifts. You know, if you're a truck driver, if you do voices, if you sing, hey, you never know. You might be able to sing to somebody while you're out there on the road. Yeah. You know, like you can use that gift anywhere. Even when I was going through my cancer journey, Jason, I thought it was all over for me. I really did. I thought that my life as an entertainer, as an MC. Uh, as a DJ, uh, all all of the above, I thought it was over. I said, God, help me to be a blessing to others. And what he showed me was I could still use my gift where I was. And where I, where I was was at the cancer center. So the way I looked at it was that was my stage. Even though I could barely walk, I could barely talk, especially in that first month. I mean, I didn't hardly have a voice, but I still wanted to try and entertain. So I would do games with the RNs. I would have them guess the voice, you know, and I would give them points. Like, I just tried to have fun and and try to give them some kind of joy. And plus, like, giving them joy gave me joy. And then I started singing while I got my shots because I had to have these shots, and I would sing. Uh, and that ended up being a blessing to other people. I wasn't doing it, you know, to show out. Like, I, I would just ask people, uh, I mean, I would ask God every day when I would go to that cancer center, Lord, show me someone you know, who needs, who needs a touch from you, who needs some joy, who needs laughter, um, you know, help me to be a blessing to others. Because even though I was, I was at death's door, somebody else has it far worse than me. Yeah. And, and so that's what I try to keep in mind. And you got a great uh, testimony, you know, um, and, and sharing your story of, of surviving cancer and, and now uh, doing what you love, what, what God's granted you to do. And, and speaking of that, um, if people want to hire you for DJing, uh, Grinch, um, comedy shows, whatever else, what, uh, what's the, where's the best place folks can find you? Because they're like, oh, I, I'm, I'd like to bring on Sam in December, you know? Yeah, well, uh, they can check out my website, sambeeman.com, and um, uh, dot com. Or if you want to book me as a DJ, you can go to djsmoothb.com, and that's spelled out, D-E-E-J-A-Y. Smooth B as in boy. Smooth B as in boy. It's funny because sometimes when people see my logo, uh, if I'm wearing my shirt or my hat, they're like, yeah, DJ Smooth. And I'm like, 
B. Yeah, there's a B. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to correct them, so uh, I'm just like, yeah, I'm DJ Smooth. And uh, well, thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race yeah, podcast. You. And uh, so, take us out on uh, like a, as an, an impression. Any, anybody that wants to say goodbye today, or well, you know, um, <laughs> I've I've got a little. Uh, <laughs> I feel like my voice is a little dry at this point, so um, I, I do believe that um, I, I'm going to need uh, some high-quality H2O. Uh, my, my mama says uh, that it's good for you because it's not of the devil. <laughs> Water boy, he, he would enjoy this uh, this kind of weird football season we've been having. For sure. uh, yes, uh, 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 Bobby Boucher, uh, 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 Coach Klein, uh, uh, mama says that, uh, that uh, 2020 is of the devil. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sam. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Sam is a great guy, really down to earth, and uh, enjoyed talking to him about uh, his his journey uh, as an entertainer, hearing all those uh, different impressions. I could just hear him talk or hear his characters talk uh, time and time again, and uh, also kind of taking us through that journey of, of faith. And, and fighting cancer and coming out on the other side and having a, a good perspective on it, learning how to walk again. I mean, just just crazy stuff. Uh, recently on his um, on his Facebook and social media, uh, obviously we just had an election a few weeks ago, and he talked about how uh, you know exercising his constitutional right, going out to vote and getting that sticker. But also he said one of the uh, the reasons he he really enjoyed voting was to tell jokes or do voices to make volunteers laugh. Um, and he says that's really special to him. He says, quote, I'm sure it must be stressful for the workers. So I look for ways to help them smile. Although this year no one was smiling because they were all wearing masks. <laughs> can't tell if they smile or not. Uh, now turning to our final segments of the podcast, including some inspiration, parting gift from a comedian that a lot of you guys uh, know well from the olden days. And some uh, food for thought, some news tidbits when it comes to laughter, uh, faith, and fitness. First, an article I found on religion news service called Sony Pictures to Acquire Evangelical Christian Streaming Service Pure Flix. So actually, this was just announced in the last week that uh, Sony Pictures is purchasing Pure Flix. They have a video streaming service that was launched five years ago as a family-friendly competitor to Netflix. Um, and the streaming service will become a part of a uh, Sony has this thing called Affirm Entertainment. Uh, and they have Affirm Films where they're pop, you know, have things like uh, you've heard of movies like Miracles from Heaven, War Room, and last year's Overcomer by the Kendrick Brothers that was filmed actually here um, in Columbus, Georgia area where I am about the uh, cross country team and overcoming. Uh, Pure Flix was founded originally in 2005 as an evangelical Christian entertainment production company. Then it moved into video streaming uh, years later. And um, the Scottsdale, Arizona company has produced uh, the God's Not Dead series and also the uh, adaptation of uh, author Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. Uh, The streaming service is known as a safe and Christ center. They also have classics like the Dick Van Dyke show and some Westerns Uh, membership plans. They say begin at about seven bucks a month for a yearly subscription. The latest film by Alex and Stephen Kendrick, who I just mentioned overcomer that was filmed on just a $5 million budget and brought in almost $40 million last year. And on the uh, fitness side of things, when it comes to laughter, there's a, a USA Today was pointing out how comedy stars are getting fit for action roles. Uh, one recent example is Kumail Nanjani. 
Uh, he was on HBO's Silicon Valley, but he went viral recently for a fitness transformation for a Marvel movie. So he's set to take on the role of Kingo in Marvel's The Eternals, which is being released in, um, I, believe, I believe, sometime this month or maybe next November, who knows, with COVID. Um, so on an Instagram post uh, this month, he uh, was shirtless. Nanjani showed off his muscles in a six-pack, and he said he wanted to transform how he looked ahead of that movie. So he, he said, uh, you know, it was really thanks to having a full year with the best trainers and nutritionists They were paid for by the biggest studio in the world. So some examples of some other folks who have uh, comedy stars who have gotten fit for action roles. You got Chris Pratt, uh, who was in the blockbuster action film Guardians of the Galaxy. That began his workout routine, and he says he really struggles sometimes when he works out, but he says it does make you feel great, and he hopes to motivate others. John Krasinski is known well for one of my favorite TV shows, The Office. He bulked up to play an ex-Navy SEAL in the Benghazi drama 13 Hours. That came out in 2016. Then a couple years later, he was in the CIA analyst show Jack Ryan, and he said, quote, my trainer said, get rid of your scale. No one is a harsher critic than you. And uh, we also know Paul Rudd, a uh, great comedian. And uh, he was a leading man in Marvel's Ant-Man in 2015. He's now 50 years old. He underwent a strict workout and diet routine to be Scott Lang. So, But uh, this is kind of funny. He, he joked uh, to a magazine that he took the Chris Pratt approach to training for an action movie. Uh, this is what he said. Eliminate anything fun for a year, <laughs> and then you can play a hero. So there you go. Eliminate fun, and you can be a hero too. Now to a parting gift. Speaking of uh, quotes, uh, this is uh, one from Charlie Chaplin, the uh, probably the most famous silent movie star from many decades ago. Charlie Chaplin says, quote, To truly laugh, you must be able to take your pain and play with it. So let me repeat that. To truly laugh, you must be able to take your pain and play with it. So uh, a lot of comedians have, you know, uh, something dark in their past or something that they, they use laughter to overcome, you know, bullying or anything else and and uh, overcoming cancer with laughter. And that's what uh, Sam Beeman, our guest for this podcast, did, uh, you know, uh, inspiring others that were going through cancer as well and still goes to the hospital as uh, the mean one, Mr. Grinch. So uh, looking forward to seeing him dress up like that in the next month during this holiday season. Closing now in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to uh, host this podcast for the for the last year plus now, and that we can keep things rolling and that just to glorify Your name and talk about being better um, from the aspect of uh, you know uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, as fathers and wives and sons and daughters. Uh, sisters and brothers, and, and uh, in this uh, climate of divisiveness, that we can come together, Lord God, and look to you uh, for strength. Lord God, that keep everybody safe during this holiday season, whether they're traveling for Thanksgiving or wherever they're going, and that you can bring families together, that we can have fun together, even when, uh, you know, and, and be together uh, amidst this pandemic. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you so much again for uh, choosing the Run the Race podcast. Let your friends know about it. Uh, go, go and share it wherever you are all on social media. Use hashtag Run the Race podcast. And uh, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast anytime to listen to any of the past 45 or more episodes and uh, got some great guests that are really inspiring uh, talking about fitness and faith and got uh, many more to come hopefully. God bless.